everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. Maria looks too pretty today. <laughs> yeah, but there's like... <laughs> I've been, I've been I'm like up genuinely me. mad at you when like it opens and I'm like, mother, you know, I just woke up. I know, but like I've been up for hours and like we're under tier three, which means you can't do anything really. And then I just watch YouTube like makeup tutorials and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to do a wing look or whatever, whatever it is I do. so pretty. I'm <laughs> so mad. Like I'm not going to even do it if I was like waiting to do this for hours. Like I still wouldn't be doing like any makeup because I hate... I actually don't mind putting on makeup. I hate taking it off. Yeah. So my cat's butt is just like legit. Like, come on, dude. Um, <laughs> you're hitting me in the face. Um, <laughs> I once asked my mom, I was like, does she have control of her tail or is it oh, like yeah. just do it? She's like, oh, she does. It's just like truly just be <laughs> like, just, give a fuck. You know, like my brother to be funny always puts his foot in my face. Like when we're watching TV, I'm like, get the fuck away from me. And your cat's just doing that with her tail. <laughs> She's actually being a bully. Yeah. Just such an asshole. Um, <laughs> the, so what, the few, I think I've worn makeup on this like twice. It's because something else needed makeup or I was yeah. leaving the house for something. But like, yeah. to, you know what really pisses me off? You know, when you have a self tape, but you have nothing else for the day. So, you know, yeah. our curly hair takes forever. And then you put on the makeup oh then my. you do the self tape. And then you're like, I'm just gorgeous in my house for no reason. It's so unfair. <laughs> Johnny, cause Johnny offered to run this, the lines with me. Like when I last self tape I had that you were helping me with, and you were supposed to help me at like three in the afternoon. But I was like, John, I don't really have time because I have to go home at 11. He was like, well, what time are you taping? I was like three. And he was like, well, I can help you run the lines till then. I was like, but you don't understand. I was like, I have to shower. And he was like, you could shower here. And I was like, well, I'm, like he wasn't being this pleading. He was like, fine. Yeah. But he was like, you know, you could shower here. And I was like, yeah, but like I have the deep conditioner and the like hair styling products that I need for, and I have the microfiber towel that I need to scrunch my hair. And then that needs four hours to dry. Like I can't do it with a blow dryer or whatever. Like yeah. it would be, and then he was like, I had no idea this was like this complicated yeah. just fine yeah. whatever you need to do I'm sorry <laughs> whenever a woman is asked like what do I do I mean clearly my hair's gross right now but they've been like oh your hair's beautiful what do you do and I'm just like okay uh <laughs> you know what I mean it's just like you breathe in and you're like okay first I start and you're just like you're gonna need these 19 hair products and these four hours and they're like why? And you're like, exactly. It's why I only do my hair like once a week. And then I just hope it lasts. Like, yeah, or I hope I don't see anybody. And then we did this podcast and it's just blown all my beauty out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, like I've just, I've just had time. I'm mean, like, I've never, I've never done a, a wing dye. I never thought I could pull it off. I still don't really think I could pull it off. I don't I think, think I'm gorgeous. sassy enough for a wing dye, but like, um, yeah, I just watched several YouTube videos and they made it seem so easy and it looks like it is, but, um, I've yeah, just I've had time. Heard- yeah, I've always wanted to try it. You look gorgeous. I think you can pull it off. If anybody in the comments says otherwise, I will delete you. Um, <laughs> I will bully you with my power. Um, before we get into anything, um, we we had um, we had Jacob uh, as one of our Patreon Google guests, and um, if you don't remember, he was like showing showing us gems. He he sent us gems that he made for us. He sent us salsa. He sent us. Um, Oh crap! I, I would get up. So he, my- so he, because he cuts gems, he uses the gem mineral dust for plant food, and with that plant food, like he, um, or with the the plants that he grows with the plant food, he makes a salsa, which he then sent to our PO box, which is Liz. Yes, yeah. yeah. For that, it's incredible. Like I'll I be hate- honest. Yeah. I know you're so mad at me. I hate you so uh, much. You're just like, well, it looks like I can't send homemade goods overseas, homemade food. You're eating my salsa, you're eating aren't my you? Salsa. <laughs> um, so, so I'm not even a salt. First of all, we, everybody knows I'm not I'm even a like a huge salsa person. fan. I, I know. And I, 
and I don't even care about salsa, but like, I was like, I was cooking with my roommate yesterday and I was like, oh, I'm kind of hungry and this is going to take like 45 minutes. So I like took out the chips. I'm like, I was struggling to open the salsa cause it's like sealed and stuff. And then I'm eating it. And as I'm eating it, like, you know, when you have like full awareness where you like, it's like, I remember once we got these cannolis after a gig, me and my friend Jim, and we were both talking. And then out of nowhere, we just stopped talking because it was like, we just need to focus on how good these cannolis are. <laughs> like, it was just like, it was just like two fat kids that were like, Shh, I just need to focus. This is amazing. Yeah. And that's almost how I felt. I was like talking to John, I was cooking, I was eating the salsa and I was like, shut the fuck up. I was like, this is so good. And it's just like raspberry salsa. I'm just, I'm very, and he doesn't even sell it. That's the horrible part is I was like looking at his website and stuff like that. And he sells his plant food, go buy his plant food. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't sell, he calls it friendship salsa. And I'm like, now we have to be best friends, Jacob, cause I'm addicted. Um, but go to his website, Jacob Lee Downey, D-O-W-N-E-Y.com. I'll put it, I'll write it down. He was a fan of ours, but now I'm a fan back. See, see what you yeah. did there? Yeah. See what did there? Well, Jacob, um, I, I don't know, but it's great. <laughs> I don't trust Liz anyway. Um, it's <laughs> no, really sure good. it was delicious. I, mean, I trust that you loved it. I just, you know, I didn't get to try it or anything because I'm all the way in fucking London. Yeah, and that's your choice. And um, this is like a this is your ultimate revenge for me leaving you. (laughs) It's like these little baby moments that just show that you shouldn't have left me. And uh, I'm I'm glad I could do. I'm glad Jacob could help me with that. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Um, Let's let's get into our announcements. The reason um, Jacob was able to be our Google guest is we have a Patreon tier. Um, uh, where you can come on and be one of our Google guests, but you can also um, uh, get stickers, bonus episodes, early access, um, uh, uh, control our Googles. There's tons of stuff on our Patreon. So uh, Patreon back, uh, backslash forward slash, I don't know what that thing is, uh, tune on doctors and become a patron of well, us. Yeah, yes. And uh, follow us on the socials um, on everything Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. It's two non doctors. And then on Instagram, it's two non DRS. And then rate and review us. We got some really great um, reviews recently on iTunes. Um, it makes our day. They make us it, really happy. They really, they really do. do. We, sh- we do. We text them to each other and then we're like, we're changing lives. Um, but, uh, but it helps us become more discoverable, uh, helps us get on lists, and um, in general, just makes our day. So rate and review us on iTunes. And I think we're ready for fan mail. Yeah, cool. Uh, this one's from uh, Martin. He writes in uh, about, uh, we were talking about alcohol a couple episodes ago. And uh, he says, um, in a previous life, when I drank, I typically only drank on a rare occasion. The groups of people or people I ran with were all happy drunks, some functioning alcoholics, some medicating. Almost all would be totally cool with ordering a fruity drink. But I think we are all were there simply for the group camaraderie, doing something together, socializing. It just unfortunately involved uh, alcohol all the time. With me, I typically never drank, but was always hanging out with this group. In those times, I always almost, I almost always drank water. And at some point, they'd say, "Marty, another water." And how many have you had? Two. You were totally cut off. It was a, it was great jest. And in those times, I'd get what I would refer to as a contact high from these individuals. They were intoxicated, happy, jovial, having a great time, and I slipped right in, totally sober. My unprofessional thought theory would be that this effect is the same as sugar, exercise, laughter, dopamine. It stimulated me positively, and I wanted more of it. It's not always fun in games when you're 100% sober and everyone else is not, which eventually was one of the many reasons I drifted away from this life. But at the time, the one day I drank was St. Patrick's Day, just a solid working buzz all day, dropping from one place to another. It was so prominent that people in the group used to get stoked for that day as it arrived. Marty only drinks one day of the year on St. Patrick's Day. No contact buzz needed that day. Marty. Thanks, Marty. I've related to this like so much. Like, I don't, first of all, I think that, I think, you know, he said his unprofessional opinion, but I think he's, he's right. Like we, we depend on that with comedy, with like groupthink, like that kind of like when everybody's having a good time, it kind of influences other people to kind of have a good time. Hence why all comedy specials are in front of a live audience so that even when you're at home watching it, there's that laughter to kind of influence you. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes you'll be watching stand-up on TV and you're like, why is everyone laughing? It's oftentimes because they edit it that way. But um, I get that. And I do know it's easier to laugh when people are laughing around you. And I do understand how like people having a good time you'll kind of like, you know, feel the buzz off that and you'll have a good time. But there are some times when people are drunk and they're just repeating themselves and you're sober yeah. enough to like realize you're like, oh, fuck. 
because yeah. they keep saying the same thing over and over again and they talk a lot so it's not always fun it's like the law of diminishing returns like when like that first like you even talked in the episode like the first couple of wines or whatever where it just kind of loosens you up and you feel good and it's like yeah that's a good time because here's your tense friend or your friend that had a bad day that's just kind of relaxing and then if you're able to just kind of chill without drinking you guys are on the same level it's just when it starts to head into drunk and just yeah. a mess when I was in college, there was like that apex because I would play pool a lot. And I was always amazing at two beers, like win tournaments level pool, t- pool player. And then after that, I just went downhill. But like, I just had to, it was like hard You're to Fighting like, people stay. with like pool cubes. <laughs> yeah. After that, I was beating people with a pool cube. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been the drink water around all my friends that are drunk person pretty much since like college because even when I was drinking I just didn't really enjoy it or I had to go do a show and I was too nervous to be impaired to do a show so I would be sober with everybody and then I would peel off and go do a show so I was always the person that either just had one drink or I had no drinks and you know I've talked about my buddy Burkash sometimes being a little pressury to be like have something because he doesn't want to drink alone and I get that but for the most part most people were pretty accepting and then now I don't drink at all and it, it doesn't matter but like I did the same thing though. I would have that one day a year. Like it was my birthday. My birthday was the day that I would, would drink. And so everybody get really excited about my birthday. And I think it was like kind of subconscious where it's just like, they're excited about my birthday. I'm excited about my birthday. I don't remember if my birthday was good or not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, cause we've shared birthdays a couple of times. I was trying to think of how like you drinking and if you got like noticeably drunk. We never drank together though. Like that's, we aren't drinking. We were eating friends. Yeah. You would make me food. We'd go out to get food. Like we were always- I don't know if you've ever noticed, but with a partner and a best friend, apparently you can't get drunk together. It's either like one person sort of stays sober while the other one gets wasted and vice versa, because I feel like one person just assumes the role of care in these situations. And I've cared for you when you were drunk. You've definitely cared for me when I was drunk. Yeah. And um, I think it's the same. Yeah, it was like that with an ex. Uh, I don't think Johnny and I both got wasted at the same time. It was always it always seemed to like balance like that. Yeah, yeah. There's always somebody that has to be sober enough to call a cab. Yeah, I don't know why though. It's not like we plan it. It just it just sort of ends up that. I'd be interested to hear if that happens to anyone else. Yeah, I don't know. I related. Thanks for sending it in, Marty. Thanks, Marty. Ready for Google's? Yes. We're so excited for our Google guest this week. He's a co-executive producer and writer for Jesus and Marrow, but just the funniest comedian I know. Give it up for uh, Josh Gondelman, everybody. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. Thank you for having me. This was my Google. I Googled thumb hurts, scroll too much phone. <laughs> I don't ask Google questions because I don't like to talk to computers like they're people. And so I just give it the words. I don't want to, I don't want to give Google the dignity. It's not even Jeeves. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're supposed to ask Jeeves, Google, I'm just like, here's all the words. You figure it out. I also love that there's like a secret part of you. There's like, I'm not going to cheat on my wife by starting a relationship with Google. With You're not going to know my inner thoughts. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's like, yeah, I don't want them to know my inner thoughts. I don't like the idea. Like I don't use Siri on my phone or like we don't have a, any of the like smart, helpers i just don't i'm and it's not like i i morally am against it i just am like i'll get too comfortable with it and i'll think they're my friends <laughs> so. you start telling them about your day you come yeah. home you drop your keys off and you're like i gotta tell you alexa, alexa i this- have had a morning <laughs> and so that's what i google that was my google search and did it was it enough for google to understand what your oh, yeah. problem was i got it you know how it has those people also ask yeah. And so I clicked that. The first one was, can scrolling on phone cause thumb pain? Which is not the question. I knew that the answer to that was yes. But it did have the, the article that it had in response was from Cedars Sinai's blog, and it said, which I didn't know they had. Then it says, ask a doc, what is texting thumb? Because my screen time is roughly 24 hours a day. I was like, maybe there's like a, a PT exercise. That's what I want to know. Cause my, my left thumb, my, my dominant thumb, I, which I, you know, I do most of my scrolling one handed and I could do the other hand, you know, I, I work both, but um, <laughs> I mostly do the left. <laughs> and so I was like, I wonder if there's like a little exercise. You might say that you're ambidextrous. <laughs> Thank you. Get out of here, that Maria. That is like something I would say for sure. <laughs> So yeah, they asked Dr. Eugene Tsai, 
And he says texting them is a real thing. And here's the other one. People also get texting pinky because they hold their phone and it's supported by their pinky. Depending on how you hold it in your hand, it'll like put stress on your pinky finger too. So I was like, oh, maybe there's, it's just like, hey, you know, do like the thumb rotations, which feels like a very elementary school calisthenics exercise. But uh, I made that up. That's not anything. They or were... like, you know, in the 80s, they had those grip things yep. to make your hand. Like, I just, sure. I love the idea that like, you're just walking around your neighborhood and people are like, just oh, he's gripping. a bodybuilder. And you're like, no, yeah. I have a job, bro. And it's all on my phone. It's a phone job. And I need to <laughs> exercise to stay lean. <laughs> and it's also known as trigger thumb, which is much cooler it's as way a cooler. than texting. Thumb. Just a bunch of cowboys out there. Like, why does my yeah. thumb hurt? <laughs> Yeah. You know what does my thumb hurt? Uh, ask that dead guy. <laughs> and they, so that I was like, what is, what is there to help? Maybe there's exercises. And Dr. Eugene Tsai said, he says, altering your daily routine to allow thumb and wrist to rest is helpful. And it's like, no deal. Get off your phone, losers. Yeah, exactly. Not gonna. And then they were like anti-inflammatories. Like you can, you know, you can take like a, an, like a, whatever, an ibuprofen. And I was like, all right, now that's my speed. And then he's like, or some people need steroid injections. And if those don't offer lasting relief, surgery. And I was like, no. I can't, I can't get to the point where I'm having <laughs> surgery from texting too much. Yeah. Like, my dad worked in construction for 40 years and he had like a uh, reparative like knee surgery. Once he retired, he waited till he retired so that he wouldn't have to recover and then go back to work and put more strain on it and so I can't be like yeah I'm 35 and I'm I, you know I kind of relate because I text too much and uh, <laughs> I needed surgery on my thumb so I can my go back job to is pretty texting. strenuous <laughs> we both kind of work with our hands <laughs> I, do love, like, I do love like the Gondelman like uh, family tree where it's just like your great grandfather has like black lung and then your yeah, dad yeah. has like these knees that don't work and you're like yeah. and you're like my thumbs in a cast. Yeah. <laughs> like, Texting thumb and my my child if I ever have one is gonna have like singularity brains just brain cramps from uploading their consciousness too fast into a computer. <laughs> it's like I ate too much ice cream. We're gonna What's have a whole generation of people whose thumbs gonna be able to predict the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, my thumb is sore. It's gonna storm. I know that because of the pain, and also because it hurts when I look at my weather app. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time, Josh. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. This is a real pleasure. Um, uh, I'll go first. Yeah. As you as you are doing your Google in this moment. Okay. So <laughs> all right. So this you kind of know what my Google is because I brought you into it. Um. So my Google is what does neurodivergent mean? And the reason I Googled that was um, there was a meme that I saw on um, when I was scrolling through our account and it just said neurodivergent people be like, and it says, I simply do not vibe with this fork. And I sent it to you and I was like, yo, I relate to this like too hard. Yeah. And then I looked up what neurodivergent is. And first of all, so it's um, differing in mental neurological function from what is considered typical or normal, frequently used with reference to the autistic spectrum disorders. But it's an umbrella term for dyslexia, dyscalculia, I don't know if I said that right, ADHD, autism, dis, uh, dysparf, there's some of these are big, dysparphia? I want to say it's dysgraphia, but I don't think that's what it is. Um, I'm talking. Um, epilepsy, uh, Tourette's or tic disorders, intellectual disabilities so it's just a huge umbrella term and all of a sudden and i was like oh shit i was like no wonder i agree because i i like literally saw that and i was like oh i completely relate to that like i've definitely i've hated certain forks i've uh been elated by a type of spoon i've felt a kinship to a mug like there's like i don't know there's certain things that i just tactilely and emotionally connect with the same way i would feel about a friend to an object and I don't like, I didn't deep dive any deeper to, I just was like, what is this and why do I relate to it? And then it was like dyslexia people. And what's funny about it is I read that list and I was like, I bet you just because misophonia isn't widely known, I bet you the reason that, cause you said you related to it. I bet you yeah. misophonia is on it. Cause it, I think it mostly relates to autism, but then all these other kind of disorders, disabilities, whatever you call it, um, are, are channeled under it. I think misophonia would be under if it was as popular as ADHD. I get like that 
when I was picking out a notebook, the, there was like 17 different colors of notebook. And I was like, like scrolling the thing over them all until one of them made me feel calm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you hear about kids being like, my peas touched my mashed potatoes and I cannot eat this. And you're like, yeah. I kind of get it. Like, I do. Yeah. Because there was a certain blue that I was like, not this blue, not that blue, that blue. And then it's just, it's just like, yeah, it like locks into place. I don't know how have to explain ever, it. Okay. So I've only got my nail done, my nails done a couple of times, but have you ever had like a woman where you're just like, oh, I'm going to get this. And they're like, do you want this? And you're like, ew, who would ever pick that cut? Like you almost yeah. are like, are you dead inside? Like, I can't even believe that <laughs> color is an option. It's so offensive. And you're like, and you're like, oh no, thank you. But in my head, I'm like angry. I'm like, bitch, I picked this color because it's the best color that's ever happened to the universe. Your color is the closest to vomit I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, I don't so get that You can't that be angry, that passionate. But yeah, but like, colors. I know, I tweeted once that like, I just spent longer choosing a nail color than I did choosing what college to go to. But like, <laughs> I like um, a certain thickness in, in like drinking, like water glasses, you know? Like, but I thought that was just getting older. Like now I just have a preference of these things. And I do think you, some, you, yeah. You've been out to like cafes with me where I'm like, sit down and I'm like, not a seat. And then I think there was a sketch I wrote about it. I can't remember. And then we would just have to keep changing seats. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you, I cannot do this today. Um, you are very particular. Um, I've learned to enjoy it, but I, yeah, I think what we're particular about is very different. Like my favorite part about Europe is they give you a tiny teaspoon and I fucking love tiny teaspoons. I'm obsessed with spoons. I do not know why. I've been like this since I was a teenager. Tiny teaspoon. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then we're gonna have to pay royalties. Good job. Um, <laughs> Come at me, Elton John. But like, I've been to places, you know, in New York, and I go, "Oh, can I have a spoon?" And they give you like a soup spoon, and you're like, "Are you a monster? Are you a fuck? Uh, who raised you?" But they give spoons for desserts here, which I hate. I I'm a fork a dessert tiny. person. No, no dessert spoon. I want a fork. No, well, agree you, to disagree. You, are you telling me you eat cake with a spoon? If it has ice cream with it, no, I eat it with a fork. Yeah, of course you do. You're not a monster. Okay. It's one of our most aggressive fights. <laughs> Being neurodivergent is very, very com uh, uh, combative. Yeah. What's your Google? My Google is like, why has my cold lasted so long? Here's the thing. I thought it was allergies. And then and this is weeks ago, this stuff started. And then because Johnny was like, why are your allergies so bad? They weren't this bad this time last year. And I was like, I don't know. Um, and I started taking allergy medication for it and it didn't work. It just made me drowsy, but it didn't work. And so I was like, maybe it's not allergies. Maybe it's actually a cold. I haven't taken cold medication, but like, if it is a cold, why has it been like three weeks? I swear to yeah. God, like the last few podcasts, I sound stuffy and I know I had like to pause a lot to blow my nose and stuff. And I know I sound stuffy now. What the fuck is going on? Could it be like bronchitis or something? Hold on. I have to get this cat yeah working from home is so hard i know okay um could it be could it be something more serious like bronchitis or something like something i know but you that's don't have a like lung a thing yeah and i don't really have a cough i don't have a cough at all but i've just been sneezing and my nose is just it seems to happen i don't know like i i, I get sneezy and nose like runs in the morning and in the evening and i guess around this time i get a bit stuffy but i don't know like i don't um because my, so we were texting, I started sneezing a lot, like a week and a half ago, just like out of nowhere, sneezing a lot. Made me think of you because I was just like, is there dust here? Like I literally was like, is there dust? So I started sneezing a bunch and then I had a couple of days where I was just like runny nose, but it was like two days runny nose, nothing, two days go by runny nose. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I was like, I just don't understand. And like, even the sneezing was like a couple of days sneezing, nothing. And I was just like, I just don't understand because like to me that feels like allergies if it's not consistent yeah but then i don't get allergies and also it's winter and also i haven't left the house what i did find out is it could be and i think someone did write in saying this but it could be sinitis like it could be i could my sinuses could be infected oh so i don't know how to sinitis. fix that yeah i've just realized that our podcast is just like two old ladies being like this hurts yeah, but I mean, this is just going to get worse as, as years go on. Like, and we continue doing this, we're going to be like, my hip feels really fragile. Yeah, and we're like, 
37. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. people look back and they're just like, you know, I was listening to them and then I saw a picture and they read young, but they okay. sound like the golden So let girl. me read this. Acute tinnitus okay. usually starts, I'm shutting you up. I'm sorry. I'm, like, I'm sorry. I just interrupted you. Acute tinnitus usually starts with cold-like symptoms such as runny, stuffy nose and facial pain. And it may start suddenly and last two to four weeks. Subacute tinnitus will last four to 12 weeks and chronic is 12 weeks or longer. God, please don't let it be chronic if it is this. And uh, swelling inside the nose, like from a common cold, blocked drainage ducts. That sounds like all of what's going on here. Structural differences that narrow those ducts. Nasal polyps, don't know. Immune system deficiencies, doubt it. I'm pretty uh, strong like bull. And then, <laughs> so I just don't know how to get rid of it. Treatment. If you have a simple sinus infection, your doctor may recommend you use a decongestant and saline nasal washes. You shouldn't use over-the-counter decongestant for more than three days because it can make you more congested. I tried one of those nasal sprays. I hate it. I don't know if you've ever sprayed shit up your nose, but it doesn't feel right or natural. My uh, dad was like almost like addicted to those and he doesn't have a sense of smell now. Like it's like one of no. the, like, yeah, like they, they work, but if you keep using them, like they said, like more than you're supposed to, it like, it messes up your that nostrils sucks. and stuff. Yeah, so I used it like twice and I was like, I would like to smell flowers continually. So um, I might just call the doctor and see what's going on. Maybe yeah, they can offer been... like an antibi antibiotic or something. <clears throat> it's been going on for a while. Yeah, and I'm unhappy with that. It's also like when you're stuck indoors and you have nothing else really going on, it just makes your uncomfortableness so much more uh, like in focus. Yeah. If I'm busy and I have a cold, it's like, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. I'm carrying tissues, but like I have shit to do. But like being sick during the pandemic, besides thinking I have COVID and I'm dying, I'm just kind of like, my life is over. Like it's just so, like it's the most important thing that's going on is that my nose is drippy. Yeah. Yeah. I know my dad was like, why don't you, why don't you call a doctor? And I was like, I'm calling a doctor for a runny nose. Thank you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there, maybe we I have, it's a global pandemic. I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I want to breathe. Yeah. Let's get personal. Let's do it. I didn't mean to say that you were pretty for like 10 minutes beforehand and then this beer, let's get personal. <laughs> I told you but are things that our podcast connect. I know. We're just on the right page. Uh, so our question is, did people growing up tell you that you were pretty? And it's actually a conversation I was having with a friend of mine I've had since elementary school. I saw her when I was doing Florida gigs. Um, I went to go see her and um, we've been friends forever. But like we grew up, I think 10, 11, 12 is when we were like in the same town, went to the same school, had class together. And then she moved to Tennessee at the time. And I moved to a different part of New Jersey and we've just stayed friends. So I was just kind of like, you know what I mean? We just had like three years where we like, I don't know. I've just started to notice that like, we only started talking about deeper stuff recently. And like, I remember her dad died in the fifth grade. And I just remember like, she didn't come to school. And I was like, oh, why didn't she come to school? She's like, oh, my dad died. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then we just never talked about it again. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's so weird to be a kid. Like that's such a monumental thing to happen to like an 11 year old. And I'm sure, I'm sure I was like, I'm sorry, but I don't think I was like, and then like it, genuinely, like I think we talked about it more in our thirties than, than we ever did any other time. I, I remember being like, was that a, like, did that affect you? Like, cause she had a stepdad, but like, I don't know. It was just like, so anyway, we were talking about our childhood and she was just like, she has two boys now. And she goes, I don't think anybody ever told me I was pretty, which she's like, in some ways I'm glad, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't based my personality or my worth on this thing that I don't think it should be solely based on. But at the same time, I think I spent most of my life feeling really insecure, like maybe I'm not. So she's like, so she goes, I make sure I tell my kids they're handsome every day. She's like, hey, handsome sailor, did you do your homework? <laughs> like, you look very handsome, but That's handsome funny. people make their bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, it, it just got me thinking. I was like, oh yeah, I, it just, again, I'm grateful that I don't base my complete value on something that is arbitrary, subjective, fading, um, and, you know, whatever. But at the same time, I don't think anybody really said it to me ever to the point where when somebody called me pretty, when I, I think once or twice in high school, it was like a boy, somebody was like, oh, he thinks you're pretty. And I'm like, crazy, tell me more. And they're like, that's it. And I was like, elaborate, <laughs> what parts? <laughs> um, and then like in college when I started like really dating, but like, it was so, it's still a little bit, 
I don't care. Like strangers doesn't matter. It's like my friends and, and anybody I'm dating, but like, it's always like, I'm always like, how, when, who, why? Like I find, I find that to be a thing that like, I don't base my value on it, but I'm also very curious about why they feel that way. Yeah. I love being called pretty, but like not after I get off stage, you know, (laughs) it's like, I've just, I've just like, was like 120% personality up there. Now you're calling me pretty. Like that's an insult actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I grew up with people saying I was pretty. I got cute. Just like older people like, you're so cute. Um, we, we also, as like tiny humans, like that is what we get. Like I, I would get so mad. Like when I was a I child, like either. I was like a five-year-old. I was like, I am not cute. Cause, cause cute means small and I'm not small. <laughs> and it's like the smallest thing. <laughs> just like, no, don't you say that. Like, <laughs> yeah, just surely templing everybody. Just, just really like, you don't know, you don't, someday you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I've ever been called like, I mean, by who, like, um, who calling you pretty? Like, I don't think classmates think, ever called me pretty. I don't think like, yeah. um, think the first time I remember getting called pretty was like on make, what was it called? Makeoutclub.com. It was like pre MySpace. Oh God. Somebody wrote to me like, oh my God, you're so pretty. And I was like, I'm pretty. And I was like, you know, 20, like I'm pretty. I think the initial comes question comes from like how you were brought up. Like, did your parents, is that like, and it's funny because like, again, I'm, I'm grateful that that wasn't like where they put all our value, but at the same time, you almost feel like you mentally grew up in a bunker where like they over here tell you it's, it doesn't matter or it's not even discussed. And then you go into the real world and they're like, your face is your value. And you're like, oh, then what is it? What is my value then? And I don't think it was a conscious thing. I just think my, my parents, you know, they also probably grew up with that not being a thing. I mean, they, they had terrible childhoods that they had way more important things than their kids having self-esteem. Like that's just not, you know what I mean? They're just like, you need to fucking raise these other kids. Um, but I don't know. It was such an, it was such an interesting thing that my friend brought up that it just made me realize like, Oh, that might actually contribute to some of my insecurity is that it, it was a thing I didn't hear really until I was probably in college. And then it's from strangers. And I actually don't think hearing that from strangers penetrates or feels like anything. It has to be from like close friends, people that you already have value with, or clearly somebody that you're dating. But I almost think by the time somebody you're dating says it, it's kind of too late because you're like, well, do they really? Like, I, I swear to God, I've had like boyfriends be like, you're really pretty or you look really pretty tonight. And I'm like, you don't mean that. Yeah. Because when it's the eighth time you've heard it, you're just like, I feel like I would have heard it more. Yeah, Johnny is full of compliments. And I'm just, I wish I could, he was like, you're not really good at taking compliments. I'm like, no, I'm not. Because he'll compliment me and I'll, I don't know if I, I don't know. I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> like, you don't know how to take it. It's just. As opposed to humor being something that has always been the highest of value to me, I think to us, to um how people kind of take us in. I mean, I also was very insecure about my intelligence. So I think I had just as much value, if not more value to humor intelligence. And I definitely didn't hear that I was smart when I was younger. So when people started telling me I was smart because of my joke writing, I was like, I tricked them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I tricked them. And I don't feel that way when like I put on eyeliner and somebody says, you look pretty. I'm like, I tricked them. Like, I don't feel like that either, but I don't know. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't own this. You're like, oh, I love your eye makeup. I'm like, I can't own it. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It's too, it's too sassy for me. I can't, I don't, I don't belong in this. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you literally just put black ink over your eye and you're like, it's not me anymore. <laughs> it isn't that. No, it's but, a new person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember doing well with uh, math in like eighth grade and like I beat everybody in like, like math like around the world challenges and uh I got free pizza at Pizza Hut because of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that was like the reinforcement I don't know why that didn't take me farther it's just like why didn't I take that and run with it and just become like like a scholar you know that's interesting because we had like book club did you have Pizza Hut book club yeah and I like so my dad made reading like you had to read two hours a day to watch tv and I'm dyslexic so I would like read it and then he's like bedtime and I was like this is a scam <laughs> this, whole, this whole thing is a charade by the time I read it's bedtime I'm a slow reader 
but I, I would get really into book club because A, in my house we had to read and then I got rewarded both at home for reading and then, you know, Pizza Hut gave rewards and then you got like fun, cool Pizza Hut stuff. So like in some way, and now I'm a reader. I'm like one of the few people, even though it's hard for me, I'm one of the few people in my world that reads as much as I do. But like, that was like one of the few, like at home it was reinforced. Pizza Hut reinforced it. The corporate get people reinforced it. Uh, every time I look at pizza, I'm like, I don't want to read. <laughs> Man, Pizza Hut ruined themselves on you because you're like, like instead of thinking of delicious pizza, you're thinking of books. You're like, get it away yeah. from me. <laughs> I just want to have my friends and watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I just I. It's funny. Like I I'm very much as somebody you know I'm an aunt now, so I have a niece and I have two nephews. And I do, you know, and I'm a feminist. So it's just like, I do think like when, cause so, like, so Scout's really girly and she loves dresses and princess shoes and all that stuff. And you never want to tell them like, if that's what they like, that's what they like. I'm never going to tell them not to like it. So I'm always like, oh, you look so nice. And I'll be like, oh, look at these dresses. Like I make sure that my compliments are even. So it's not just, you look so pretty you know, whatever. So it's just like, what a great drawing or, you know, that was, you know, that was really thoughtful of you to help out Cooper like that. Like to me, it's just when the only thing you say to a little girl has to do with their appearance, even if that's what they're excited about. Like the, like Emmy, my little sister was the only person that was really girly in our family. Like, I don't feel like I just, you know, I just wasn't girly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good that that wasn't like the only enforcement you got. I don't know what it's like to grow up like that. Like where it's just people just tell you how pretty I, I, you are. I'd like to think that they aren't having an awesome podcast. <laughs> I would, like, yeah. They probably have like a husband and three children. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want that. Uh, I don't want any of that. I, I'm. It's funny. Like I can see where the insecurity comes from, but I'm also, like I said, grateful because I like that I worked hard to have a personality and to be funny and to be. We all, like I said, it's it's subjective. It fades. You know what I mean? Like you're just, if, even if you're a model, you like tap out, you know, at some point, like a football player, they're like, you're too old for this. Get out of here. Like yeah. you have to start some kind of award show or something to continue to be a value. Um, I just, you can do comedy forever. You can be funny forever. Yeah. Yeah. We made, we made smart choices. I think my parents, our parents made this choice for us. Yeah. You did this to us. You did this to us. Um, you want to get into the topic? Yeah. Okay, so our topic this week is dreams, which was 100% because I had like eight vivid dreams in a row and I like was texting, I was texting you incessantly and I was like, I know this is the most boring type of conversation, but I just need, I remember it, it's crazy and I just need to share it with somebody so I can move on with my day. Yeah, and uh, I'll be honest, I do get bored with um, dream conversations. Johnny loves hearing about dreams and I'll be like, I had this dream and, and most people go, oh, <laughs> like they'll listen but they don't want to be and he'll go go on and like and he'll analyze it he's so good at that and like but um I generally there it does feel like there are specific times where your dreams are more vivid but most of the time I don't remember my dreams but there seems like to be a few nights in a row where you will and I'm not sure what that is but so I did a bunch of research so like so first of all, your dreaming happens in REM sleep. So you have to be in REM sleep to be having dreams or that's mostly where your, your dreams are. And then they tend to be more vivid or you like, they tend to be like more vivid or crazier when you've been like sleep deprived. Like, let's say, you know, us, we'd be like flying from different places. We're not getting as much sleep. And then we get home after being on the road and we just pass out. That's when you would have one of those kind of like vivid dreams which kind of makes sense because my cat has been keeping me up for a couple of days. And then I had like three, three nights in a row where I had these like very like vivid dreams. The other thing is the reason you remember them is because you woke up in the middle of them. So if you complete your dream and then wake up, you're more likely not to remember it, but it's always like, Wait, 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 what was he about to say to me? Like, you're yeah, like, I hate that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, unless I'm get out of getting out of a, t- a terrible dream. I hate oh, yeah. that. It's like, oh, it's just, we were just about to do the thing. Yeah, 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 we're, we're going to have a moment. So the one person in my life, which I don't know why I made you listen to my dreams when it's, it's Carmen, my, you know, our friend Carmen, like she loves that stuff. Like she brings that to her therapist, her therapist analyzes it. She was 
when I lived with her, she was the first person that when I would tell her about a dream, she would like take out her phone and be like, let's figure out what this means. Really? I never was that person. Like I would have a dream and then it was always like a dirty secret. Like, especially cause like if they're like weird at all, like I remember this dream, this is probably like over five years ago, but I had a dream that I took a shit in a tub oh, and yeah. then I was embarrassed I took a shit in a tub and I started smashing it down the drain. What? <laughs> I told you it's embarrassing. So I had this gross dream and then I wake up and you're just kind of like, I need to just search to find out that it means like I'm spiritually awakened and I'm going to have money or something. Like it's when the dream is that like gross or weird and just like something you would never do in real life. And you're like mad at yourself. That's when I have to like Google, like what is shitting in a tub mean or what is hiding your shit mean? Like, you know what I mean? And then it, and then of course the way dream analysts is almost feels the same way that like somebody that palm reads or something. It's always just like, Oh, you dreamed about shit. It means that your chakras are opening and that new money's coming into your life. And you're like, I love shit dreams. Liz, what does it mean? What does it mean? Um, I can't, I should have done Do you this. know what? This isn't, I thought you were talking about another shit dream that you had. Oh, what's my other shit dream? I have had a few. We talked about it on the podcast already. And then I need to get water while you're doing that, actually. Okay. Hang on. See, they're, they're also all over the place. Like, so dreaming about poop or feces. I hate the word feces, by the way. Um, <laughs> so horrible. I just, it, it's so much grosser. Yeah. Um, when one dreams about poop... This is symbolic of a situation which has become rife with stress. To dream about having a poop. Who is having a poop? Let's, you may find yourself in a situation that is either disgusting or filthy and you cannot find your way out. That's just too like, like straight for me. Like, I, like Weirdly enough, I don't like that. So then you look up again um, and then one says, uh, does dreaming of poop mean, mean money? Feces is a dream spiritually. It is, uh, spiritually is a sign of wealth and financial luck. Seeing it on a wall suggests unexpected benefit coming your way due to someone else's neglect. Nah, I don't buy this. And I, and yeah. I, don't, I don't buy that rain on a wedding day is actually good yeah. luck. Shit people say to you to make you feel better about your shit dream. Yeah, yeah. Or like when a bird poops on you and they're like, you got good luck your way. Yeah, yeah, nah. You're just... Um... <laughs> yeah, so it's just, I just feel like, it's funny. I don't, I don't like the ones that are straight where they're just like, Dreaming of poop means that you feel dirty and filthy or dreaming of poop, you're going to come into unexpected money. You're like, they're both ridiculous. Like they're both. Let's like, entertain the money thing. Maybe it will come into unexpected money. But do you know what? Like, did you come into unexpected money when you had that poop dream five years ago? I do feel like I financially started to uh, be more secure in the last three to four years. So some of these poop dreams, guys. Slow burners, but yeah. yeah, slow, yeah. <laughs> you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta believe. But like, and okay. You did have a poop dream. We talked about it on the podcast. One of our most embarrassing episodes. <laughs> For you, I'm fine. But like, because <laughs> I think it was at Justin's, you had like a poop dream at his place or something. But it's it, always like you're sleeping next to somebody and you're like, do I share? This seems like the most intimate <laughs> thing to tell a partner. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, do you remember what I'm talking about? I don't actually. That's the crazy part that oh. you remember my dream more than I do. I remember you talking about a poop dream. Yeah. And I remember like it had happened recently. So this is two poop dreams that you've had. I think I've had several. So clearly there's some kind, if it has to do with stress, I'm but, always But you stressed. know what? Your source of stress in like you have um, you've had stomach issues for a long time. So yeah. you sort of connect the two anyway. Yeah. And I've definitely had dreams. Like my, my scariest dreams are when I'm peeing in a dream because I'm like so terrified. I'm going to like pee the bed. Cause I'm oh, somebody yeah. who has to get up in the middle of the night to pee. So I've definitely like been dreaming about peeing in a dream, woken up terrified and then been like, Oh good. And I never have, but or at least not since I was like a little kid, but, I, but I, I am like, it's like almost like my brain is being like, you need to get up and pee. And then I like get up in a panic and I pee and I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm not an adult that peed their bed. But like, it is like those actually, oh, I think I do remember <laughs> the poop dream at Justin's. He was, he was in the bathroom and I had to go. So we had this like rolly chair that was like a porter potty. 
And so I used, I used the rolly chair porter potty, but then like <laughs> an hour later, I just used it again. And he's like, there's nobody in the bathroom. And I was like, this is no. great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, Look, I, I don't know. I don't know. It rolls and I can Carmen's therapist have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> they truly don't understand why, like the purpose of us dreaming. Um, like, if it okay so like the reason that we even analyze dreams is because of freud like freud believed that it's our unconscious mind trying to send us messages and that things that we're not completely capable or ready to feel in our conscious mind our unconscious mind is like you need to talk to your mother like it's like trying to push out through dreams not everybody kind of believes that i don't believe that yeah and like there's a couple I believe that like dreams are just a result of what's going on in your, your conscious. Like if, um, when I worked at waiting tables, I'd have a lot of anxiety dreams about waiting tables or I couldn't get to the table or I was way behind or whatever. And the same with comedy and stuff. I think it just takes what you're already feeling and it just sort of plays that for you for fun because your brain's yeah, fun. like it's having yeah, a good yeah. time yeah you're like i just want to get away from my stress and your brain's like you'll never get away from your stress yeah. or like when i dreamed of celebrities and that was a google for me like like why am i dreaming of mark Marin? and it's like uh i think on some level i you know i started podcasting i now feel like i'm on like his trajectory and but just he's just way ahead of me and so like maybe it's just like my unconscious like desire to like be at that level yeah. So I just think it's kind of like taking what you're already thinking and then just, just playing a movie out of it. <laughs> what I find pretty fascinating is whenever I was stressed about something to do with stand-up, a taping that I had or like a big audition, I didn't have fucking up stand-up dreams. I would have fucking up gymnastics competition. Oh, dreams, weird. Was, it's so weird. I would say 90% of my stress dreams that have to do with performance is not my most recent performance. It's not like another show. It's, it's um, when I used to compete as a gymnast from, you know, s seven to, to 14. And I was like, weird. So it's a lot of me falling off a balance beam, a lot of me like, you know, not placing, a lot of me like thinking I stuck the landing, but I'm in mud. Like, you know, like just like all this <laughs> kind of like weird gymnastic stuff. And then I wake up and it's because I have an audition for just laugh, just for laughs or something. Like yeah. I've noticed that, correlation of stress and it just takes a, a more uh, uh, immature version of my stress or like an older version of my stress and like puts it on there but like so this is I looked up um, but you remember how we talked about um, pursuing comedy to be in control of the things that we found stressful as young yeah. children and then that must have like, how old were you when you were doing gymnastics competitions? I, I mean, I now know looking back, I was having panic attacks while competing and I had no idea. Like, oh, shit. like it, it wasn't until I understood that I was having a panic attacks in my mid third, uh, mid twenties to be like, oh, that's why I quit gymnastics. That's why I hated gymnastics is like, I was having panic attacks and I had no idea. So, so maybe that's, um, I know I can let you speak. So maybe that's the unresolved trauma that like you keep, you know, that you were kind of re with the, the, the auditions for HBO and with everything True. you do. Yeah. Being scared. I was living like, that moment. Yeah. Like being scared that I was going to have a panic attack in front of everybody. But then also why was I having panic, panic attacks, which is why do I have that level anxiety for something that's supposed to be fun? You're performing in front of people and you could fail. Isn't that, isn't that enough? <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> you said, you said that so succinctly that like, if, if I had an audition today, I'd be like, you bitch. You're performing in front of people and you could fail. And that's terrifying. Everything and I'm like, wrong. they're going to judge <laughs> you. Um, I want to read some of these theories that they have. So like, there's a bunch. Of, so because they don't really understand why we dream, there's all these different theories that they really can't conclude to or not. So like one is um, dreams as therapists, which is what we kind of talked about, ways to confront emotional trauma that allow you to explore feelings your unconscious self wants to but can't then there's dreams as fight or flight training which i kind of like this um it's like you're more active during during dreams and it's like so it it happens in the part of the brain the amyg amygdala amygdala i can never say that amygdala part of the brain associated with survival instincts so they think it's a way for your brain to like get ready so i just think it's so funny that like my brain is doing like kung fu for like if i meet somebody in the streets and i'd be like i had a dream about kicking you in the nuts. Yeah. So, um, 
I'm prepared. <laughs> dreams as muse, which is, you know, when your brain make, like when your dreams make little to no sense, like our dreams are so random or whatever, they basically say it's the emotional centers that are having these dreams that kind of trigger them. But the logical region of your brain isn't really active. So that's why like they kind of think that it's really like a lot of creative people, like a lot of artists or whatever, kind of give uh, credit to their dreams for why they painted certain things or did certain things. And it's because this emotional side of your brain is active and that's, and like, there's no filter with the logical side. So like, especially even the fact that as two creative people, like how many times have you had an idea and you're like, nah, it's stupid. And that actually pisses me off because I'm like, why is my brain always giving me anxiety dreams? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Why, don't, why are you ever inspiring me, brain? Why am I dealing with like anxiety? That's not fair. Yeah, why don't I wake up and my script is completely written? Right. Why dream? am I not like, oh my god, I have a whole new ten minutes? No. Yeah. No. Um, I've gotten high and had a whole new ten minutes. Wrote it down, read it, and been like, this is trash. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. nonsensical trash. <laughs> so yeah. So we don't do that anymore. And then dreams <laughs> as <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Uh, dreams as memory aids. So basically sleeping in general is when your brain starts to categorize your memories. This one's important. This one's not important. So they think this might be because your brain is doing that already. It's like sorting your memories. It's like how it's sorting it. And so I've heard that every, everything and every person in your dream is somebody you've met. So if you see somebody and you're like, I've never seen that person, it could have been somebody you saw in a department store for three seconds that you that you just saw or you made eye contact with, you don't remember it because who gives a shit? It's just a lady you saw at a department store, but now she's playing your mother in your dream Yeah, because you saw her. So I, but your brain is going, this is an unimportant person. It's somebody you saw for three seconds in a department store, but as it's categorizing it, they're like department store lady, she'll go over here. Your mother's going to go over here. Your mother is pasta. Yeah, my mom's pasta. I always get so frustrated and I always feel so stupid with those dreams where I'm just like, like I'll call up my sister and I'll be like, you were in my dream, but it wasn't you. It was Martha Stewart, but she was my sister. And she was telling me, and I was so mad at her. She said this thing, which is really cute, like just sounding like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I think you should call Martha Stewart. It doesn't (laughs) feel like it's about me. (laughs) And then, you know, nightmares, which are the dreams that nobody wants. Um, they're basically caused by stress, anxiety, sometimes certain medication. I used to have of- nightmares as a child, didn't you? Yes. I had. I actually had like reoccurring nightmares. Yeah, me too. There was one where I was being chased by a dragonfly. Like somebody was chasing me. It was like Freddy Krueger. And I was like, the, their weapon was a dragonfly. And I remember like waking up because like I got stung by it once and I woke up crying. And I was like, I hate this dream. And I had another recurring dream that... Um, there was that like Dracula was 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 blocking my path into my home. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, like like thirty two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I must have been like I must have been three or four or something like that. I'm, like very young. Okay. But yeah, I, I used say, to have a lot of recurring nightmares. I was gonna say Dracula is like the least scary of the. Fuck yourself. It was Count Dracula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, you know math is scary to all of us. Uh, I'm like, I don't want to take the math test. He's like, we're gonna count again. Um, I had a reoccurring dream when I was a kid, and it's like, it. I mean, actually, it was probably like middle school to high school. Actually, if I'm being really honest, it was. Um, it was like a main street, even though our town didn't look like this. It was like one of these typical main streets where it was like all these different. Um, restaurants and they had outdoor seating and there was always a woman that uh was putting chair like it was the end of the night and she was always putting chairs up on the tables Mm -hmm. and I would call out her name and her name was mom so I'd be calling out my mom and then she would look and she would look angry and then she would turn into a monster and she would start screaming at me and then she would chase me with a chair it was always really quick and it was probably from like middle school to I think when I was like 17 or something like that and it was always like super embarrassing because I was like I'm having these nightmares as what I would like to think as a grown adult um so and they would throw me off in our nightmares huh we're both being chased in our nightmares yeah I wonder I wonder what I have a lot of being chased nightmares because I can't run <laughs> so it's like my worst that is my worst nightmare is being chased which is interesting because then I, I got into um you had into running. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'll show you dreams. And I just stress ate. 
Oh, Chasing Nightmares is apparently a movie. Okay, oh, that's not cool. What I, that's not what um, we're asking. Nope, nope, Google, you got this wrong. Chasing Nightmare meaning. Again, if it says exactly what I think. Okay, dreaming about being chased generally means that you are being told by your unconsciousness that you're avoiding an issue or a person. Hmm. In such dreams, context is important, which includes identifying the chaser. I guess so, but I don't know. It's hard for me to think I was avoiding anyone as a kid, but maybe I was. I feel like I was avoiding everybody as a child. Yeah. I had too much pressure as a kid. Oh, the stress of being a, a child. It is a lot. I did. God, it's so much easier being an adult in a pandemic. I do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, now that I think about it, this has been my dream yeah. as a teenager. I always like, no homework, don't have to go anywhere. I eat what I want. I talk to my friends, but I don't have to leave the house. I just realized I might have wished this when I was 15. Thank you. And Everyone is very happy you did that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, everybody's like, we lost everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, now I think about it. This is my, this is my 15-year-old dream. I've loved lockdown. I've always said it. I, I definitely feel like the lack of having to keep up with the Joneses, you know, like in our community and the lack of, you know, I, my dad made being on time such a important part of who I am as a person. Like my dad's the type of person that's like, if on time is 15 minutes early. Yeah. And if you show up at exactly on the dot, you're late. And there's a, there's a great comic, his name's Sam Evans. And he has this joke that was like, my boss said, if I show up 15, he goes, it doesn't matter if you show up 15 minutes late or an hour late, you're late. And he goes, so I show up an hour late. Like if it's not gonna, like, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. I'm already running late, I might as well be an hour late. You said there's no difference. Um, and that's kind of like, he, my dad has made, not being on time such a part like people are going to judge you that i like with spots and 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 airports and, and i'm always early yeah yeah i'm the same way i think her dads would get along i think they would too i really do um that's why like you know you ever have a meeting and you know that they're packed but you're like i have to show up early but i can't show up too early because then i look like i'm not doing anything with my day so it's like have you ever showed up like you're like so paranoid about showing up late that you show up a half hour early, but you're like, I can't check in at the front desk a half hour early. I'll look like a psychopath. So then you have to like walk around the block and you'll be like, I think 12 minutes early is respectable. I'm going to show up 12 minutes early. And then they're 10 minutes late and you're like 45 minutes of my life is gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 All the time. All the time. I'm always way early. I have to kill the time. I, I do that same thinking of what's too early. What's it depends on where I'm going. Cause obviously if it's someone's home, you can't, it has to be like three minutes oh, yeah. or, you know, but nothing more because now they have I, to. Yeah. yeah. My therapist, um, she, she now doesn't live in the city anymore, but she used to do therapy in a, in a room in her apartment. And so if you showed up early, you could hear the other people. And I was yeah. like, so respect, I would like literally be blasting like the angriest music. Cause I was like, this is not my place. I was like, it's just cold outside. I yeah. can't. I had a therapist that worked at a home and she, she was like, don't show up early. Like you can sit in the kitchen, but like, I don't want you here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, so it's, it's just, not, it's, it's not respectful. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm always like, oh, and like, I hate when I send emails back right away and people go, wow, thanks for the quick response. It just makes me feel oh, like shit. Yeah. It makes you feel like a loser. You're like, no, I'm just fucking diligent. Yeah. And I know, I know how to time management, Sarah. Um, <laughs> Okay, back to dreams. So I think I already said the dreams you remember are the ones that were still ongoing when you woke up. The reason you can't remember your dreams is the, um, the chemical associated with memory is at its lowest when you're dreaming. It's norepinephrine. Okay. I thought this was really cute. They're like, if you want to try to remember your dreams, right before you go to sleep, you got to be like, I want to remember my dreams. Like you have like a conversation with yourself. You're like, hey, brain. Oh, I can't believe we're doing a thing about dreams and we're not talking at all about lucid dreaming or anything like that. I was starting to look it up. My brother got like really into lucid dreams. There's like, I mean, it would almost have to be its own episode because there's so much on people that like, that's what, that's like their goal in life is to lucid dream and to be able to like yes. knock three times and that's how you know you're dreaming and, yeah. you know. I know like, that Johnny tried it for a while. There's another comedian here that's getting so into lucid dreaming that everyone else is going hey, are you okay? Like they're commenting on his Facebook post. Like, are you, are you okay? Like, he seems like he might be losing it. And I actually don't know if he is just sort of into lucid dreaming because he does lucid dreaming art, which is really cool. 
Yeah. But I, we don't know if he's actually losing it or if he's fine and he's just exploring this really cool thing. But there, yeah, there's a whole thing about it. Yeah, I think what's, what's difficult with like, let's put it this way. Like I text you, I tell you a description of what I dreamed last night. We talk about it for 10 minutes and then we move on. This obsession with who you are when you aren't awake which is, I get that it's a huge chunk of your day. It's eight hours. You know what I mean? It's seven to eight hours of your, of your day that you're not conscious. But I, I don't, I mean, anytime it's, I almost feel the obsession with lucid dreams is the same when somebody becomes obsessed with a drug where you're just like, you just don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. I don't know. I think because you could do anything in your dreams. You could fly, you could jump off a cliff or whatever. So to be able to control that, I think. You could do anything when you're drunk. You can jump. No, but you you die. There's consequences. (laughs) You get physically hurt. In dreams, you could do anything. Like, I, I, if I could fly in my dream and if I could control that, I would definitely. I don't know if that's what lucid dreaming is. I haven't looked into it at all, but like, I would definitely do that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I should first. I was about to say master meditation when really it's start meditation. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I should master a thing I haven't started first before I get into, I just don't, if I'm not disciplined with meditating, I can't imagine I would be disciplined with lucid dreaming. I just don't even understand like how people start controlling their dreams. Like what, let me see if there's a real quick, let me just see if there's a real quick uh, listicle on how to lucid dream. Um, I'm sure that somebody's five techniques. There we are. There's my list. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, how to lucid dream. Yeah. Super simple. Reality <laughs> testing. <laughs> Reality checking is a form of mental training. It increases metacognition by training your mind to notice your own awareness. Your level of metacognition is similar in your waking and dreaming state. So higher metacognition when you're awake could lead to higher metacognition when you're dreaming. I think that might have something to do with meditation. I really don't know. It feels like the power of now shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Reality testing. I don't really get that. Uh, here are some common reality checks that people use to lucid dream. Mirrors. Check your reflection to see if it looks normal. Uh, solid objects. Push your hand against a wall or a table and see if it goes through. Some people push their fingers into the opposite palm. Hands. Look at your hands. Do they look normal? Time. If you're dreaming, the time on a clock will constantly change, but if you're awake, the time will barely change. This is really interesting because it's just I mean, but like, how do you tell yourself to do that in a dream? I have no control over my dreams. And I feel like lucid dreaming makes me feel like I just have like a wild animal of a brain and it could be domesticated. Do you know what I mean? I'm so wrapped up in the atrocity of what's happening in the moment that I would never think like, like this dream I told you about recently. Like I told you there was a guy that I dated that I, it's been years and he stole all my clothes. Like we were living together. He stole my clothes. He stole the dresser my clothes was in. He sold it. And I had to go wearing his clothes to go buy my clothes back. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's happening in real life. Like, I'm almost telling you about this dream where I'm like, isn't that bullshit? Like, that's how I feel in the dream. Like, I'm so consumed by this atrocity that's happening to me that I would never think like, hey, Maybe somebody didn't steal your clothes and sell them to a boutique that just happened to be down the street. Right. It's just, but that's what I mean. Like, it's so, so far away from my awareness in my dream life. Like, I barely remember my dreams. I don't know how I would be mentally with it enough in a dream to be able to be like, oh, is this a dream? Let me check my hands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Also, like, yeah, it kind of, because you brought up power of now, like, I always say the thing that I got from that was accept, then react. And I'm still like reacting like a crazy person to normal things that have happened. And then I'm just talking about being in a dream, just reacting. I'm just like, give me my clothes back. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's just like somebody, like there's like a squirrel in my dream that's like, check your hands. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It says I have a dream diary so that you can start recognizing dream signs. Like as if all dreams have like particular, like, like there's like a hawk in the background, like, ah! And you're like, oh, that's the dream hawk. Oh, Uh, dream hawk. (laughs) Wake initiated lucid dreaming is wild, um, which is weird because that's the the word I use to describe my brain, I think. Happens when you directly enter a dream from waking life. Uh, It helps your mind stay conscious when your body goes to sleep. You'll need to lay down and relax and experience a hype or something, a hallucination. Look, I don't know. We'll we'll have to come back to this because it's too much. Yeah. I feel like we solved nothing, so that's good. We, yeah, 
So but, on brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess, I guess I would want to hear from people like, uh, of course, if anybody has been able to like figure out lucid dreaming, I would want to hear about that and like how they got into it. But like, I think more importantly, like, do you believe that your dreams are like secret messages? Because I go, cause like there's a part because I kind of think of like, when you analyze your dream, it's not too far from like, you're a Gemini and that means you're going to come into money this month. Like yeah. to me, it's not too far off from that. Um, and I, I take it with that kind of grain of salt, but I also like it. And also, and I do the same thing I do with horoscopes. If it says, if my shit dream says I'm coming into money, I'm like, yeah, shit dream coming into money. But if it says I'm stressed out, I'm like, you don't know me shit dream. <laughs> 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 so like, I would, <laughs> I think we're going to delete this whole episode. No, but, um, I love it. <laughs> but um yeah i would like to know like if if you really do like feel like you analyze your dreams and and by analyzing them it makes you more conscious of how you're feeling therefore like take the the next steps to feel better or change or yeah is there a practical use for paying attention to your dreams yes yes somebody tell us um but uh you can write to us at two non-doctors that's two non forward doctors at gmail.com and uh we'll see you next week Bye. Bye, guys.